Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your tournament recap episode for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And joining me to break it all down for now, just the two of us, it's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? Just the two of us, you and I. Do you catch your breath after that? That was. I was telling. I was telling Jacob before we went hot. That was the most entertaining golf tournament on the PGA Tour that I can remember. You know, obviously you have major championships and stuff like that. But there was a moment with just a few holes to go. There were 10 golfers either in the lead or one shot back. And you had Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, you had Jordan Spieth, you had guys trying to break. I mean, it was unbelievable. And, and guys were making charges and runs. And you had, there was a moment where, I mean, at first I'm thinking, okay, there's a couple guys who five shots back could probably has a chance. So the guys that are 13 under or better probably have a chance, but, but really, once you get it, Kepka is a guy you got to watch out for, but there's really, I mean, there's big stars here, right? You got, you figure Shoffley and Spieth are kind of in control. It's hard to imagine that both of them are going to, are, are going to shoot what even one, one, I mean, it's hard to imagine they're not going to make some sort of a run. I thought you had to get to at least 22 under to have a chance. So even oh. the, even like Kepka would have to shoot, um, what is it? Nine under, he'd have to shoot nine under to reach that. So I almost, I thought that it'd be a surprise round if it was a 13 under that won. Well, that's the other thing. So often on the PGA tour, when we do get an exciting finish, it is a birdie and Eagle fest. Uh, the guys were crumbling. They were just falling yeah. apart all over TPC Scottsdale. Xander Shoffley can't get, can't keep his ball out of the water. Jordan speed is screaming for his ball to sit down. My man, James Hahn, who would have made me a ton of money if he can play his last eight holes at even bar. Uh, he, he, he makes four bogeys in his last day. I mean, this thing was, it, it really did have everything. I have to admit. Yeah. And, this is the beauty of this setup, right? The golf course, the the TPC golf courses are meant for for these PGA Tour events, right? That's why they have the that's why they have that logo. That's why there are so many courses that are here because they set up for finishes like this. You think about what happened yesterday, and then with, with everybody making birdies like crazy coming down the stretch. I mean, that leads you to believe if if you saw a repeat on Sunday, which you saw on Saturday, somebody was going to reach 30 under. I mean, it was, there was going to be a 59 today and it was, it, it proved to be much more difficult. It played much more difficult than that because you can set these golf courses up for, uh, for the train wreck. And, and that's what you get because there's water and there's reachable par fives and there's temptation and there's no wind. So every, you feel like you can go at every single flag, but there really is danger um, lurking. So it was, it was very exciting, very entertaining. And the other factor to that, Rick, is there the, the desert is so much more unpredictable than yes. Trees are rough because you can hit it one, one day, one moment you can hit it and be completely fine. And you have no problem at all. And you're watching thinking this is, and there's no penalty for it. And it in the desert until you're on 14 being Xander Shoffley and it's in cactuses. 
right? Right. And you got to take two clubs and get it out. I mean, you can get into some real sticky circumstances missing those fairways. The the old prickly the old prickly pear uh, drop you got to take out there is not yeah. is not pretty. Uh, there were a couple of scary shots. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure were. We're we're gonna try to keep this a little bit shorter. Obviously, the Super Bowl uh, about to kick off here in I don't know, fifteen or twenty minutes or so. So we're gonna try to keep this tight. But there's so much to talk about. It's Brooks Kepka Greg who shoots a sixty-five on Sunday, wins this golf tournament at, at nineteen under par. There's a lot of storylines here. We're gonna talk about those, but let's talk about his play on Sunday. He finishes his final five holes, excuse me, six holes at five under par, including a chip in on 17 for Eagle. That was probably like, I'd have to go layer all the shots on there. I can't imagine even getting up and down from where he, he was at was kind of hairy. He had a really awkward angle at it, uh, chips it in that propels him to victory. So, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was watching the broadcast and I said, it'll be a little bit of an awkward angle, but I thought he was short enough where he had enough green to work with. If he had gotten closer to hole high or directly hole high, the shot completely changes, but because he hit three wood off the tee and because he overcut it and it lands soft and he, he doesn't get anywhere near hole high, all of a sudden he's got much more green to work with than it looks like. So just because mm-hmm. it's a right miss and a right hole location, the thought is, well, there's no angle, but He's kind of, he's, first of all, he's not too far to the right where he, so he's kind of going along the green still on his angle, which really benefited him. And, uh, in my opinion, allowed him to, to make that shot. Cause there, he just had more green to work with than you would expect with a right miss there. But that was because of the club selection and the shot shape that he hit. If he lands that on the green, that ball may, may, I mean, it might get through cause it would, it, that would mean it's cutting less. So it's a, a, a faster shot. And it's landing on a much firmer surface than um, than over there in the fairway. I'm looking at the 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 shot link, and I see about a dozen balls kind of down in that same range. So Kepka and, and Brian Stewart actually both chipped it in from a similar spot. There are, and then between that, the other ten or so, it's like five birdies, five pars. So there, you know, it's it's not everybody was able to get up and down from uh, from the same spot, which is obviously of note. And then when you ratchet up the pressure uh, on Sunday afternoon, it's even more impressive. So now Brooks Kepka bookends his PGA Tour career, eight victories, first one at this event here, Waste Management in 2015, his most recent right here at the Waste Management in 2021. And Greg, he now finally, finally has as many regular PGA Tour victories as he does major championships. Yeah, it's kind of it's almost disappointed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm a fan of Brooks, but it it's that narrative was so wild to me where he just was a just major. He just won majors. It was unheard of. So it, it's great for Brooks. And to me, it proves one key point. And it's something to watch for in the major championships for the rest of this year. 2020 and a portion of 2019, the later portion of 2019, I would argue is it, it this almost proves the injury the effect of the injury. Mm. Now, Brooks with his words makes you doubt that he brings it into question. He says the injury is fine in like a, a year ago, he was saying the injury is fine and all, and it, and it wasn't, and it wasn't. And one day it's fine. And one day it's a lot worse than I let on. So you didn't know what to believe with him. Um, but I think now we're starting to see a uh, healthier Brooks. Um, and we're starting to see uh, a Brooks with, uh, he left his coach, Right. So yep. there's a there's a, that element as well, probably working with Pete Cowan, although I haven't heard anything confirming that. 
And I think you're seeing a healthy Brooks Kepka, and this is what this is what he can do. This is what this guy does. So it's exciting to see, and I think he is going to be a factor um, heading into majors. And I think it writes off the the poor performance in 2020 as yeah, this is injury based. I think it kind of proves that point, which is good for him. On a quick fantasy note, Brooks Kepka scored 146 and a half DraftKings points. He was 8,800 dollars. Greg, it was actually uh, our very own Will Brinson of the Pick Six Pod uh, had Brooks Kepka in his lineup to cash to a tune of 80 G's. So if uh, if Will owes you any money, Greg, I think now's the time to hit him up for it. Yeah, wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's quite a week. Right. And and he's got the big game coming up. I'll be interested to see how he does in his in his football action versus the golf action. Right. Maybe maybe we'll oh, win the great. 80 grand in the football in the football event. You know, I mean, there's we'll always flip, hope. Flip the there's always hope. Um, the thing that I thought uh, about Brooks on Sunday specifically was this was kind of vintage Brooks. Uh, and, and what I mean from that is he he lost strokes putting. He lost a stroke putting. He was 55th in the field out of what, 60, how many guys got through? 67, 66. Um, so he didn't really putt all that well, but he's second in strokes gained off the tee. He's first in strokes gained tee to green. So obviously he's going to be fourth in strokes gained approach. I mean, this was, um, th- when I think Brooks is going best, this is what his stat profile looks like. It's it, the length off the tee is a big advantage for him. That's quite obvious. And as I like to say that that's an advantage because it's an advantage every day. So every single day he, he shows up, he has that distance. Um, and how much he gains off the tee depends kind of on, you know, where he puts the ball is accuracy. Does he drive it in a penalty area or whatnot? But the, the off the tee stuff is nice, but it's not the, it's not the key figure for me. The key figure with Brooks is the iron play. Think back to 2019, the PGA Championship, when he was running away with it. It was through iron play. Um, and when when Brooks has the fade going, when you see Brooks hitting his irons at, at the flag, obvi- that sounds so obvious. But when Brooks gets bad, his iron shots don't cut. Uh, driver too, but he hits shots that start left and stay left, maybe even hook. When he's going really good, you'll see the ball starting to peel to the right a little bit or hang in there straight. And uh, and he's done that. He's gotten rid of that pull shot, which um, I think is kind of the key to his success this week. Second for the week, uh, approaching the green. The two guys, uh, well, there's three guys in the final group, but the two that I want to talk about specifically are Jordan Spieth and Xander Shoffley. We are going to wait for the arrival of Kyle Porter here. We're going to go to Xander Shoffley. Uh, you know, this was, uh, in my opinion, Greg, for all intents and purposes, Xander's to lose. I mean, he he comes into the final round in a tie with Jordan Spieth. What were they, two shots clear, three shots clear of everybody else? And yeah, 18 under. Yeah, 18 under, right? Which is what he finishes at. He shoots a an even par 71. Uh it, it was it was a bit uncharacter. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. We'll get to that in a second. How did you assess what you saw from from Xander Shoffley on Sunday in yet another runner-up finish? So you look at his his stat profile um through three rounds and you're seeing a guy dominating off the tee he seems to found have found more distance um he's hitting a lot of fairways around three at 12 of 14 fairways he's extremely accurate and extremely long off the tee um so uh, if you look at his distance all drives versus his driving distance in two holes which is the more common stat i mean it's 325 and 329 so he is consistently hitting the ball about 325 yards off the tee and it's a it's a huge weapon for him. And all of a sudden on Sunday, 
Oh, and here's the other thing too, Rick. You may find this interesting. There was a lot of talk on the broadcast about him being patient through his rounds, through the yeah. tournament, right? And and on Sunday, it was like the the patience was there, but he never he never caught the fire. Like he, he, it lasted what three holes on on uh, Saturday, but I guess it was Friday's round where he plays. Uh, you know, 11 holes and one under mm-hmm. before he goes on that run. And that's where they're talking about stay patient, stay patient, stay patient. Well, Sunday, it, it never has a chance to come to fruition because the driver lets him down. So the guy who's dominating off the tee, um, driving the golf ball, all of a sudden is 46 in the field on Sunday, strokes gain off the tee because he hits mm-hmm. it into the cactus on 14, hits it into the water on um what, what was that 17 right yeah. when and he's got a real chance he's he's kind of the last guy standing on 17 and he hooks it in the water so his strength let him down on sunday and i think that led to the um collapse maybe a strong word but that led to the the uh failure to win i i think that's the part that uh, as ugly as it was and it was it was not xander's and 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 mark and i talked about this on saturday night and i was i was beaming and i was i was saying oh my god how good is this driver from this kid he's unbelievable and that's what let him down but he was still standing on 17 t what one back of of brooks and he's got you know this drivable par four uh, we've seen some birdies made on 18 and it still slips away that's just like uh, I, he wasn't able to flip that switch and and it kind of leads me to this tweet that we have here greg and it's i want to attribute this it's to it's to shane ryan um who says xander is the generic walgreens version of finau you don't want to admit it but th- but then one day finau's out of stock you buy xander out of necessity and you're forced to conclude that yes it's basically the same you are the finau whisperer you are the finau apologist that we have uh is xander shawfley a discount version of tony finau oh man so he's got more wins already Right. He, he won a tour championship already. He won, uh, he won a, a Greenbrier and he's won what W, um, he, a, a world golf championships as well. Was he have three wins or four? I feel like he has four. Well, are you um, counting century, the he, uh, you, century tournament of champions? Right. right. He, he, he also won the shadow Kyle's leaderboard. Right. That's what I was wondering if he was asking. About. And, and, okay. <laughs> shadow leaderboard. Right. No, I, I'm not counting that as a win. I just don't want to go down. That I path. am. Okay. Well, so does the official world golf ranking, but anyway, he's, he's still accomplished more than Fino at this point. And to me, he lasts longer than Fino in that he has a chance on 17. Fino seems to, um, eject a little bit earlier on Sundays. There aren't very many times where, except this tournament last year, where Fino has a real chance in the last couple of holes. He seems to kind of lose it around between seven and 12. And all of a sudden he's done and then he finishes. All right. Um, so I, I think Xander has a leg up on, on Finau. Um, I think he's a little more accomplished and this is a, a one year kind of a drought, if you will, this whole thing kind of started last year and this year before that he was, I think a pretty good winner, pretty good closer. All right. Um, Kyle Porter is here. KP. Hello. How are you? Hi. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. We've got the main course of Jordan Spieth coming. I'm going to get you involved here with a little bit of appetizer, Kyle. So, so Xander Shoffley, we've just been talking about another, yet another runner-up finish for the X-Man. Uh, how long until we start to strengthen these comparisons with Tony Finau until we start to say, wow, this guy really just like doesn't win as much as he should, right? 2019 century tournament of champions. That's the last victory. He's got, I believe more runner up finishes than anybody in that stretch since then. Uh, how much longer can we withstand Xander not closing a golf tournament? Well, 
here's what I think about Xander. I think this conversation, we talk about this with Finau, it's so hard because it's like we're criticizing you for being the second best guy every week. <laughs> it's like such a, right. it's such a, and like winning it's is just mean. It is <laughs> mean. And, and winning is overrated. I think the thing with Xander that, so two things. One, it feels like he's allergic to the lead. I mean, I've said that before and I just, like all you have to do today is shoot 70 to get in a playoff. And, and, and I think with Finau, it's like, okay, we, he has a weakness, right? We, he, he's not a great putter and especially on the weekends, Xander and Greg's Greg has been really good on this. He doesn't have any weaknesses. And so when it, stuff does pop up, it feels more like, um, it, it, I, I, choking is the wrong word. It feels more like he's fading late. Uh, than like playing into his weakness, like it sometimes does with Finau. And right, so like the, the pressure is the weakness. Yeah. Mm. And with Finau, yeah. you're like, ah, oh, he's just not really a great putter. And, you know, that pops up on the weekends. And with Xander, it's like, there are no weaknesses. Why is he shooting a 71 on Sunday? No way. That makes sense. No, like, nothing. Yeah. It makes, yeah. That's, that, that's just, that's weird to me. And I, and I think it's, I, I don't love that all of his wins have been have been come from behind. Although I was looking at the data golf tool, like the pressure tool, where if you're in the top whatever on coming into Sunday, and his numbers, they're not, it's not like they're terrible. Um, like when he enters with a lead or in the top two or three, but he hadn't really closed, I don't think he's closed any of those out. Maybe I think he closed out the shadow leaderboard, which you may or may not count. But I, I think it works against him that he doesn't have holes and still hasn't hasn't won one of those. See the well, shadow leaderboard almost goes if if you do count that it almost proves the point like he I can know, I know. he can do right. it when because he he doesn't that's he's what not I was thinking about the shadow leaderboard yeah. right it's a great it's a great interrupt. call yeah no it's it, a great it, call it actually right it actually worsens the problem um, okay well his fifty four hole co leader Jordan <laughs> Spieth shoots a one over seventy two on Sunday to finish in a tie for fourth with Carlos Ortiz and Steve Stricker, Kyle Porter. This is the first opportunity we have had to speak since Thursday evening. Uh, there was a full lather for Jordan Spieth on Saturday, and rightfully so, as he went out and shot a 61. But he was never able to get anything going on Sunday. Immediately bogeys the first hole, makes the turn in two over. He's three over by the time he steps on 12 T. How would you assess Jordan Spieth's Sunday? And then we'll talk about how you would assess Jordan Spieth's week. So I read this Sports Illustrated article several years ago, like 15 years ago, about Brett Favre. That's not where people thought I was going. but That is you know. like the last thing I saw coming, okay? <laughs> it's about Brett Favre, and he talked about how he loved getting hit getting sacked on Sundays because uh -huh. it made him it made him it reminded him that he was alive, that all of this stuff was reality that all of this was happening. And that's what I felt like when speed hooked it in the water on 15 and 17, yeah. I felt just alive because I was getting <laughs> waylaid by, by these T shots. On 15 and 17. It, it had been, <laughs> I can't do this show anymore. <laughs> it had been, it had been far too long since, uh, the dream of a Jordan Spieth win had been dashed by water on the back nine of a tournament. And, and there we are. I mean, look, like the bottom line here, and I, I, I didn't see everything on uh, what you and Mark talked about on, on Saturday, Rick. It is so hard to win a golf tournament 
when you're 64th in the field and driving. And that that wasn't only true on Sunday. It was true throughout the week. And in his iron play for the first, well, two of the first three days, or, or I can't remember Thursday, but it was, I mean, he was number one in the field by a wide margin. His iron play was awesome. And people yeah. talk about the 30 footers and that's fun. But the reason he's he's playing well and scoring is because of his iron play. And that's always been true, but his driver misses are just so bad right now that your iron play has to be like Tiger in 2000 to even be in it, you know? And so I just think it's sort of the natural, like it's always going to trend toward what he did on Sunday, unless you tighten up the driver. Yeah. I think I, I want to mine into that a little bit. So Greg, so 66 golfers, made the cut of those 66 golfers Jordan Spieth finished 64th in strokes gained off the tee and he was second to last on Sunday alone he was 65th Kyle is absolutely right uh by a pretty large margin he was the best player in the field in strokes gained approach now that to me is at least something to be optimistic about that's the one thing that keeps you going but uh you cannot lose nearly a stroke around off the tee on the PGA tour and expect to contend on a regular basis you know i'm i'm curious to know rick if his poor driving um actually benefits his strokes gain approach numbers. I'm not trying to take away from his iron play. I'm just, he he's coming out of some circumstances where the scoring average from the trees, you know, 170 yards away will, um, it, that's where he's coming from. And, and he doesn't have to hit it quite as close to make a benefit. Do you think, does that have any effect on his, on his strokes gain approach? I, I was thinking about this, Greg, and I know you're asking Rick and I'm just jumping in. But yeah, go for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> So one, you got to hit the shots, but two, you're only able to hit the shots at a place like Phoenix at a place like, I mean, if you're, if you're driving it like you did this week at Torrey, I mean, you, you don't, you can't, you don't even have the option to hit, to be able to gain strokes on approach because you're just playing, you're just dead, you know? And so it's almost like it doesn't take away, but it, it certainly limits, I think the courses that you can compete on. Yeah. And, and, and Greg, so while I, I mean, in theory, it's, it's, it's not quote benefiting him to be so far so bad off the tee because he's, he's way worse than everybody off the tee. But now when he's in the position that he's in, in the rough 30 yards, right of, of the middle of the fairway, he's making better scores from that spot than everybody else's, which is so it, it, it's still, I believe is a testament to the way he's striking the ball, but, but there are going to be courses. Kyle's absolutely right. Where, you're just kind of dead. Right. Um, okay. So that then that makes sense. It's kind of what I thought as well, but that just, what it does for Jordan is it just puts so much pressure on the putter and you see mm-hmm. what happens on Sunday. He gets a little momentum, a couple of putts start to go and it's free. He doesn't feel like if he hits it into the trees, it means he's going to make a bad score. When you get to a day like today and it gets a little tight and you miss short putts, um, at some of these key moments, I mean, looking back at some of it, he at, at number seven, he misses a putt inside of four feet, right? Three feet, six inches. He misses a great look on nine from inside of 10 feet. It, it You just get this feeling that they're not going in. And now all of a sudden you feel like you lose your ability to recover. And it puts a lot of stress on it. It, it really stresses your driving game. It stresses your iron play. It stresses everything. So um, I, I think that is a, a function of the poor driving. And I really do think he needs to get that figured out. But I will say this too. There's maybe be a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel because for the most part, except for the tee shot on number one, he didn't really miss big right as much this week. 
He may have on occasion, but most of his misses were left, which is a little bit more one-sided than it has been. And the shot for the past three years that has concerned me is a shot way to the right. So maybe this is actually a stepping stone this time and not like another what we had at Colonial at the Charles Schwab Challenge where it's just a course that he likes and he made a couple of putts and got lucky and comes close, but nothing's changed. I think something may actually have changed here. Okay. I love so that. The- I love that. Hooking it in the water on 15 and seven and 17 is a stepping step. I don't could, disagree yeah. with you, yeah. but like, it's just, I think it shows like where we've been with Spieth over the last yes. two or three years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, I think what Greg brings up is a, is a, is a perfect segue, Kyle. I mean, you know, Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, two of the guys that we have labeled as huge question marks heading into mm-hmm. 2021. Well, Brooks just said, uh, hi, I'm still here. Don't, don't worry about me. I'm just fine. Uh, Spieth, I I believe he should take the take away this week as a huge positive step in his in his progress. I don't know how he views this. Athletes are kind of weird like that. If they don't win, it's kind of weird. Uh, how how do you think? Is this an outlier? Did we just get a guy who had a really great iron week and he rolled in enough putts for three days to to make golf Twitter go crazy? Or is is to Greg's point the one way miss the left miss? Uh, is this a stepping stone to a better version of Jordan Spieth and? 2021 well it you know it did feel over it has felt over the last two or three years like it was always it was always something else it was always okay well you figured out the iron play i can't putt figured out approach play i can't chip you know whatever yeah and right now it like his i just i go back to the iron play because if i I went back and pulled his stats from 2014 to 18 i think it was the number january 1 14 to january 1 of 18 which is kind of his like all 11 of his wins well excluding the john deere which was in 13 Uh, but most of his wins all the majors he was the 11th best iron player in the world he was 11th in the world for that not just for a year but for like that whole period of time with his irons and that's how you man that's how you as you guys know like that's how you win and you don't have to be dj off the tee it helps i mean it's certainly helpful but he never was i mean his his driving has never been elite it's been above average at times and and pretty good at times but he that it to me it, it feels like if that's the only thing that he needs to straighten out and easy for me to say, but if that's it, then it does feel like you're moving in the right direction. I don't know if that's the case. He might show up at Pebble next week and just, you know, lose three strokes every round with his putter. I, I don't know. I, I I think it takes more than four rounds to figure out if you have a trajectory, but if it's just the driver, I do think you're sort of moving in the right direction. And the whole thing is fascinating, right? Because we're watching it play out in real time. We're watching an all time great, just grapple with himself and this stupid sport. Um, and, and it's, it's so, it, it, it's probably torturous for him at times, but as a fan, as somebody who covers this, it's fascinating to watch it play out. I certainly had the warm and fuzzies this week from Jordan Spieth, which I have not had in quite some time. We're going to have a lot more conversation about Jordan Spieth. He is headed back to a place uh, that has been friendly to him next week. We're going to talk about that. Uh, But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating 
workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky. As, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, Not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out, viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. And we're back. Quick odds and ends here, gentlemen. We'll get you out of here so you can watch the Super Bowl. There's a little coin toss action going on right now. Uh, Dustin Johnson goes to the Middle East, Greg, and he does it again. He's now won in Saudi Arabia twice. He's finished second in his other trip over there. Uh, while Brooks is reasserting himself as an alpha dog here in the States, Dustin is reminding everyone he is still very much the number one player in the world. Yes. And, you know, this is my thoughts coming into this year is we don't know where DJ is with his game. We don't know what happened because he won a Masters at the end of not just the last major of a year, but at the end of the season, there wasn't really anything else he could play in. So he he has all this off time now to do whatever he wants to celebrate and he can be satisfied. And the question is, for instance, if you win a U.S. Open and you have an Open Championship in a couple of months and a FedEx Cup a couple months after that, it's easy to stay hungry. Um, there's a lot more to play for. But in November, all of a sudden, that goes away. And so I didn't really know what we were going to get out of DJ. And he kind of proves that, um, yeah, he's he's still hungry and, and uh, he's going to be a factor for the rest of this year. Very quietly, uh, one of the other big dogs, KP, had himself a Sunday. And, and I'll admit this. Uh, 
I did not notice Rory McIlroy shot a seven under 64 <laughs> until about five minutes ago as I was prepping for this. Uh, he did goes, comes in in 31. He's still obviously trying to figure it out. It, it's, it's, it's just put it on repeat. Rory McIlroy has, has failed to put four rounds together. We have seen glimpses, two rounds, three rounds at a time of him being great, of him being phenomenal. He needs four rounds. That's what gets him into the winner's circle. We have not seen it now since 2019. Yeah, that's almost word for word what I wrote in my recap. And I think that, you know, if if you're looking at, yeah, you should have written it. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for positive takeaways, I think it's that his iron play improved every day. It was pretty mediocre, especially for him on day one, better day two, better day three. And then he might have been top five on, on he was in the 10th. Okay, 10th in the final round. Um <laughs> And, you know, that for me is the part where the driver is always going to be there. His putting, it's just going to, it's not going to be terrible. It's not usually going to be elite, but it, it, where's your iron play at? That for me is the tell for him of like, is he, is he feeling it? And you're right. Like he just always has these just, I mean, it started early on Thursday. He's double, double the first hole, then bogey the next. And you're like, okay, well maybe this is the, it turned out to be the round that was kind of the, you know, his bad round for the week, but it costs you the tournament and he can't seem to put four of them together at the same time. But the, you know, the positive takeaway is, is the, um, is the strong iron, or the improved iron play every day. Yeah. If he's, if he's going to be, uh, so he finished the week 26th in strokes gained approach. He'd probably win a lot of golf tournaments if he was 26 with his irons every single week, because the driver's so good. He'll find enough putts to, to make that that'll be just fine uh so definitely good signs for rory over the course of the last four rounds greg uh there's there was we talked about this at the top some of these guys just crumbled i, I mean james hahn got to oh, 19 man. under james hahn got to 19 which ended up being the winning score found himself a leaderboard looked at it and said oh boy i'm in Wait. big trouble what was your what was the i saw you on twitter what was the the gambling thing I was going to break our friends over at Will Hill if James Hahn won this. So um, <laughs> thanks thanks to Will Hill, and I live in Nevada, I have the mobile app now. So they list, over the course of Sunday, they list the live bets, and they list out the top like 20 guys, and then they have a number for the rest of the field, anybody else who's not listed. They forgot James Hahn. They forgot to list James Hahn, and I looked at it, and I saw he's two shots back. And the field number was 125 to one. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Am I missing something? Is James Hahn like what, what's happening here? I go, I go look around. He's 14 to one in other places. I see him at 125 to one. So I start making small bets. I'm like, okay, let me throw a little bit more on this, a little bit more on this, a little bit more on this. I ended up only putting about 80 bucks on it to win whatever that would have been, like 11 grand. Uh, but I'm like, this is wrong. And then they finally figured it out. They finally figured it out. So then the field number... It came down to 10 to one. It came down to five to one. It was a favorite for a short time. And then I think he got to 11 and that's where he made his first of four bogeys in his last eight holes to have me weeping and <laughs> cough, cough, cough this tournament. I mean, great finish. He finished 10th, but not what, not what I was looking for. So you probably helped our friends. That's why they're friends over. That's why they're friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good yeah, uh, relationship. Actually, actually, yeah, they should like, hey, kick that back to me. Those are our friends. I was helping out. I made you aware uh, of this terrible number that you have yeah. laying out there. Yeah. Uh, you should get into sales. But for James Hahn, I mean, it's just a couple of tee shots that really, that really end it for him. Um, the one on 11, you can kind of understand because there's the water left, but 
all of a sudden the nerves start to uh, start to jump up and now there's water on the left. It's a tough tee shot. He has to pitch out, lay up, makes bogey there. And then on 13 hits it in the, you just on a par five, you can't hit it in a penalty area. That's just the one thing you can make a bird. It's so, there are so many ways to make a birdie. If you don't hit it in a penalty area, you just, you can't do that. You can't make that mistake. So um, I, to me, that was the, the fatal flaw. Then you see the really squirrely one after the, after the drop from that penalty area where the ball's well below his feet, he hits it. I, I mean, he basically it may have hit the hill in front of him. I was going to say I, it I was it uh, not great. Yeah. You so it, it gets messy, but when you start to hit shots like that and you're, and you're nervous and you're shaking and your hands are sweating, it get you, you feel like you're a completely different person. So James Hahn lost James Hahn and probably stopped telling himself that uh, he's the best golfer in the world. And got <laughs> the best what? This is a family show. It was, it was honestly kind of tough to watch because yeah. you know, he's thinking about it. And it's just like every shot was, I mean, it was, it was, it, it looked like me out there, honestly, like me, not like if I was as good as James Hahn, but like me currently, like the, there was some shots down the stretch that were just, it was, it was rough. It, it certainly was. Uh, looking ahead to next week, gentlemen, we get, I use this word a lot, another iconic staple on the PGA Tour. We head to Pebble Beach. We continue the California swing. It's a bit of a top-heavy field. Dustin Johnson coming back from Saudi Arabia. He has been phenomenal here. Jordan Spieth also has a great record. We're going to see Patrick Cantlay again. Daniel Berger, Will Zalatoris, Paul Casey, who's coming off a victory two weeks ago in Europe. KP, uh, always a fun one. And this one, even though we've had a couple of guys who have unbelievable records at Pebble Beach, we've got like a Ted Potter Jr. win. Like the shorter guys can kind of compete here. It's, 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 a, it's a fun one. Remember when Ted Potter took down DJ? Yeah. yeah. Mono y mono. It, it was it wasn't like 09 DJ either. It was like 2000. Peak, like peak DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Major uh, champion DJ. Yeah, DJ is obviously a I mean, I just I wa I got up early and watched Saudi this morning, and he's it, you know, his, his superpower is that he never changes. And we sometimes frame that in a in a bad uh, way with like somebody like a Fowler who it's like you, you can't figure out the rhythm of the tournament. I think he understands like he just he's very smart about that stuff, and he just he didn't putt at all. I don't know how much you guys saw. He lost strokes and like badly in three of his four rounds and just kind of rolled. I mean it was it was terrifying. It wasn't. A, it was a really good field too, and he just was. It was crazy. I, I think I think him and Spieth are obviously the two huge storylines. I mean, for Spieth, can you back it up? You know, he's had a handful of top tens in the last three years, um, but can you like can you replicate not even the top ten? But are you just still hitting it good? Are you good from T or are you good with your irons? You know, stuff like that. I, I don't. I don't care if he wins. I just want to see like some sort of trajectory there. So I, I think it's going to be great without, you know, without the pro-am, no offense to the amateurs, but it's just <laughs> going to be fun to watch the pros take on Pebble. I, I actually think there's so much more pressure on Jordan Spieth next week because now we're like, oh, he's, he's back, right? Like, can you follow up? Now he is a storyline again. Do you, th do you think he is back? Like, is that your uh, opinion? Um... Back to what? Is he back to 2015? No. And we is might not ever win see anybody get to that. Three majors this year? 
right? Yeah, like yeah, like we might we might never see anybody get to 2015 Jordan Spieth. I mean, what he did uh, is is like the best season post post Tiger Woods, right? I mean, so so no, I don't think he's back at that. But like, should he contend five times a year? Yeah, he should. And and if he wins so, once, maybe he wins zero times, but he needs to contend five times a year. I think he, so. I was looking at this too. I've, I'm sorry, I got I missed okay. the speed stuff on Saturday. <laughs> His numbers, if you look at again 14 to 18, that sort of range, they are almost like literally identical to Patrick Reed. So his his putting numbers, his around the green numbers, it, I mean, literally like to the decimal, they're almost identical. Off the tee, almost identical. The place where he excelled was the iron play again, like I've been talking about. So I say all that to say, I think like, and this sounds crazy. Like if you would have told me three years ago, I'd be saying this, I would have been like, you're an idiot, but I think he can be Patrick Reed, right? Where it's not like you're going to win five times a year. I don't think that's probably who he's going to be, but I think you can win once or twice a year and contend, you know, a handful of times. I think that's, I think that's a pretty good, like, comp for who post 27 year old Jordan Spieth is, is going to be, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Right. I mean, um, I, I think if he's hot with the putter, he can contend. Um, and it, it's just the same with Patrick Reed. If the putts yeah. are going in, then he contends. It, those two guys make really long putts often, far too often. The, the numbers just say it, the probabilities are against. They got some sort of extra willpower. Um, th- I mean, they're using the force sometimes, and when they can tap into it, it they can go. They can compete with anybody because that's the hardest guy to beat. But you can't do that regularly, so that's why they're yeah. not going to. What Spieth did in 15, 16, 17 was um, was ridiculous, and and I think we're learning that that's the anomaly. And I, I think, think, and I think the caveat to that KP is that there are going to be, there are going to be weeks. He just can't contend. Like if you, if it's, if it's very penal for missing the fairway, it's not a Jordan speed week. Yeah. And it's kind of Mickelson ish in that way, you know, like it, I, I don't now. But he, how do you, got, how does he finish third at Beth page black? Like, do you consider Beth page black, not penal? Are you talking penalty areas, Rick? Dude, that was crazy. I was there. I, I think followed that's a, different Sp- version. Uh, that's a different version of. Yeah, I followed Kepka and Spieth on that Saturday when they're in the final pairing. I've said this before. Ke- Spieth looked like a he looked like he was in playing the pro am, but not on the pro side. I mean, <laughs> it was it was like find the club face, bro. Like it was unbelievable how, and it speaks to like, you know. Just speech should try to be web, like just get it just somewhere in the vicinity. I mean, he was Brandel brought this up. Uh, he was like second to last or last in the field in distance from the edge of the fairway. So when you miss the fairway, how far are you missing? And he was like, <laughs> he was missing by like 55 feet or something. It's like just, just bunt it out there and then let everything else take over. And he was- he's, again, easy for me to say. You want to know what else he did, Greg? He gained 10.6 strokes putting, his best putting week uh, in the last six years. So yeah. that goes yeah. certainly a long yeah. way. Gentlemen, we're going to spend a lot more time talking about Jordan Spieth. We're going to spend a lot more time talking about Bruce Kepler. We're going to spend a lot more time talking golf. Take a break. Go watch the Super Bowl. Two punts. You haven't missed a darn thing. So thanks Sweet. for joining us. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. That's Kyle Porter, who you can find at 
Kyle Porter, CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.